Krista Crick, Ryan Horvath, Nick Ashew, Hour 2. BetMGM tonight. You can watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL, YouTube, or on the Odyssey app. I knew this would happen, guys. I knew it. Adam Wainwright, over seven and a half hits allowed. I thought it was going to be, it was an easy. Here's the problem. He gave up six in one and two-thirds innings, and they pulled him. I didn't need him to yeah. be that bad that fast. I didn't need it to be that bad. God, six hits. I didn't want to say anything, but that's why I don't like those bets. Because if he gets absolutely I know. shelled, which he did again tonight, uh, six nothing right now, then he's going to get pulled in that game. Uh, good news, though. Well, good news for me, bad news for you guys. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, your boy Adrian Hauser just gave up back-to-back jacks. Two nothing Mets. Yeah. Tristan, that might be all Scherzer needs tonight is uh, those two runs. Sorry to say. We're going to have to see about that. <laughs> Whatever. Get out of here. All right, we bring in our friend John Martin, 92.9 ESPN in Memphis. Uh, I, you guys uh, guys made yourself a nice little trade down there, getting Marcus Smart. What's the, what's the feel now of, a, well, I, I guess you could say, a conversation around this team that doesn't involve John Moran and things going on off the court? Well, yeah, I mean, people in Memphis just, like, are trying to capture this feeling of, like, 2012 and 13 again. So, like, any time they get – a guy that's like gritty and tough and guards and can't really score that well. Like people, they, they, they want to, you know, they, they go crazy here in Memphis. Um, you know, I'm more of like a modern mind when it comes to it. So like, I, I wish we could forget grit and grind in a way, right? Like that was cool for that era, you know, and for that time, but it's a totally new style of basketball now. And look, I like the Marcus smart acquisition. I mean, it's hard not to, but I mean, I think you're 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 fooling yourself if you don't still have questions about the Grizzlies. Like, if I, I wish there were more yes/no markets, you know, then that we like we have a lot of one-way markets when we're betting on like to make the finals, to make the uh, Western Conference Finals. You know what I'm saying? Right now, it would be a no with me for the Grizzlies. Um, Marcus Smart helps, but you know, what is it going to like when Jog is back? You know what I'm saying? Like that 25 games is obvious, but what about the other? you know, 55, you know, plus. So we'll see. Move your uh, face back from your uh, microphone because uh, you're very hot. Your your mic is, oh, is hot as fish green. Yeah, it's all, it's all good. It's all we, good. We, are, we are in a heat advisory. We're in an excessive heat watch in Memphis, so. Yeah, okay. So you told me when I went on your show a couple of weeks ago that you hated the Marcus Smart trade. What's changed? Well, I mean, I, I – mean, I, I, I hate it in the sense that I don't think it elevates the Grizzlies, right? Like, if you it, – it's fine in a vacuum. It's not – like, Marcus Smart's not going to make the Grizzlies worse. But I was sort of hopeful that they would actually address the three spot, right? Like, I was hopeful they would get a OGN and OB. I was hopeful they would get, you know, a uh, – you know – really a, a normal person um, who you didn't have to worry about shooting 25% from three who could also guard wings. So now, you know, you're going to have a three guard lineup. I mean, it can work, but how many of those are there right now in the NBA? Marcus Smart can guard big. He has, but offensively, what's that going to look like? I don't think there are any real guarantees. Do you so that's think what I hate. Do you think any of those wings exist? Uh, that are actually gettable? Because I keep thinking about that for my team, too, and it just feels like 
OG doesn't really want to go or they're asking too much. And Pascal definitely doesn't want to go. So, like, who is that wing? Well, for the Grizzlies, it was, it was supposed to be OG. Um, uh, th- there was another name that I'm blanking on that was, uh, that was potentially a target. But I do think what you are finding is that it's like getting blood out of a stone. It's, it's become the hardest position to identify in the NBA. And, like, I think the hope was that Toronto – like, it, it still feels like they don't know what they want to be or do. And so that's probably compli- uh, complicating the entire thing. And, and also, like, as I explain to people all the time, to make a trade, you got to have both parties agree to it. You know, like, I can't just – I want to trade. Okay, well, I, I want to be able to make it, so give me some package. Like, give me, a, give me some assets. Well, the Grizzlies don't really have that many. You know, they have three firsts that are probably going to be bad. And David Roddy and Santi Aldama – that's not really going to move the meter for anybody. So, you know, you got to have two willing parties. And I do think that probably underscores why the Grizzlies have to quote unquote settle for the three guard lineup with Marcus Smart. They probably tried and didn't have the assets to get it done. Yeah. Obviously you've seen a ton of Dylan Brooks. What do you think a fit of Dylan Brooks in Houston would look like? Like, do you think that's a good fit? I I actually would kind of like it. I don't really love the Rockets, like the roster right now, but I do think that'd be a pretty good fit if they wanted to spend some money this offseason. Yeah, I mean, we'll see with Harden, right? I mean, isn't the the overarching thought that he's going to Houston and now you got the news that he's, you know, going to be trying? I mean, it feels like that's just a – that's a destination there. I, uh, I saw the initial teams that were linked to Dylan. It was like Houston, Dallas, Milwaukee. Like, I, I just had this thought in my head that this guy could go to Milwaukee and, and help them win a championship. It's weird. It's like sometimes you have to go somewhere else to become the best version of yourself. You know, like, it's almost like when you have a job. Like, say you start out in, in media as like a producer, right, in, 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 at, with a company. Like, no matter what you do, no matter how much you accomplish or how much stories you, how many stories you break or what your ratings are, that company's always going to see you as the producer. No matter what. So, mm-hmm. so you almost have to go somewhere else to, you know, grow. And, and I think it's also been a very humbling season for Dylan that maybe he steps back despite what he said publicly. And he goes to a place like Milwaukee, right, or, or maybe even Houston. And he says, okay, this is how I prolong my career. Uh, with a new coaching staff, a new front office, new fans, right, who aren't jaded, um, and he becomes whatever the best version of Dylan Brooks is. I think it could happen for sure. Like, I don't think we're going to look up. Like, all these, all this uh, stuff about China was ridiculous. This guy's way too good of an NBA player right. to be in China. But, you know, look, I think you get to a point where maybe it's just not the right time for both parties, but Grizzlies should be fine, and I think Dylan can go somewhere and actually help a team win. I, I think he reached his ceiling – and and run his ran his course here but that doesn't mean he can't help another team win no we've already got a, a situation here where we could have some other major moves happening in the west if james harden goes to the clippers they sit 12 to 1 like the grizzlies to win the title like i know we got free agency a lot of off season, but we at least can kind of look at the cores of some of these teams and barring something crazy we have an idea of what they're going to look like in the west do you think the grizzlies sit behind denver phoenix golden state Lakers and then tie with the Clippers at 12 to one to win the West. Does that seem about right to you? Do you think they're in a spot that makes sense? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't bet it, but I mean, I think that's, Mm. that's right. That's and that's like the opposite of what you ever would want to bet. Oh, I think that's right. 
So yeah. you avoid it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I mean, cause I, I'm trying to yep. think of, like I would put them ahead of the uh, Pelicans, you know, because of all that uncertainty there, you know, you would certainly put them ahead of Portland. I'd put them ahead of Minnesota. Um, you know, I could, I could argue they'd be ahead of the Clippers, but the Clippers may, you know, make the move for Harden. So we'll see. Um, I, I think this is probably the season where you see the Grizzlies, you know, go back to that four, five, six line. I think four would be a ridiculously successful season. But we're at a point now with them where it's like, I don't really, I, I don't give a damn about what they do in the regular season, man. Like two seed, two years in a row, and you, you really, you actually trailed against the Timberwolves for the majority of the series two years ago, managed to get out of that one. And you got upset by the Lakers in six in this one. So, I mean, I think the time for the regular season, like, I damn don't even want to talk about it on my show. Like, I'm like, I, like, I don't care what these cats do on a Tuesday night in Charlotte. It's, it's irrelevant to me. Call me in March and April when the games matter for them. Um, and that's, well, that'll be the test of if they've really matured to me. Yeah. Do you think that the Grizz could actually maybe offload some assets to try to maybe some more valuable, larger pieces to get back some depth in return? Like, I think to myself how effective Steven Adams was before he got hurt. You know, one of the best, uh, like one of the best screen assist guys in the league. Like mm. he's the enforcer for job, but I tell you what, there's probably a lot of teams that would want a Steven Adams if they feel like they're on the, the verge of contending. Like, if someone got traded from this team, like, who would it be in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it would be your, your – I mean, Tyus was the most tradable contract. Um, and so then you, you move on to, okay, who's expiring, whose deals are coming up, um, who would help cap situations. And I, do, I think Steven Adams is, like – because he was on a short-term extension, I think it was – two years, one year left after this one. So he would be the ideal candidate. And, you know, I think he, he's sort of like training wheels for the Grizzlies. Um, like he was, he's the best offensive rebounder in the NBA, but he doesn't do anything else. It's an asset, but it's like, at what point do you get serious about uh, acquiring a, because that was a problem. The Grizzlies needed offensive rebounding because their one shot offense was bad. And they had to have second and third chances, right? So for them to become the contenders that, you know, people in Memphis want them to be, it can't happen with Steven Adams at the five. You know, like it just, it just can't. Um, because that, to me, signify you haven't acquired a real score next to Ja and Desmond Bain, right, to, to that degree. Um, but they need a wing score consistently who can, they can rely on. So, yeah, I think Zach Kleiman, the GM, has said they're not going to make any grand additions. But, you know, I think about what Denver did in the offseason in the summer around this time last year. You guys weren't coming out here talking about, oh, the, uh, the Nuggets acquired Bruce Brown. The Nuggets traded for Contavious Caldwell-Pope, right? At the time, those felt like transactional moves. But they actually ended up being really vital to their championship run. So just because on paper it doesn't necessarily seem like a star-like move, sometimes guys fit in spots that that move the that move the needle i think that's what the grizzlies need like a Kentavious caldwell pope type who's 40 percent from three team defense who, who you can maybe hide a little bit but you don't have to get an all-star at that position again hard to get but it doesn't always have to be a star uh john now it's time for the reason why people are here and that's memphis tiger football my favorite win total was them <laughs> over seven wins 
So listen to this. It bumped up to seven and a half, right? I just checked BetMGM. They're up to eight and a half right now, right? Look at this. So yeah. three of their five road opponents coming off three win seasons. They get six games against first-year head coaches. They don't have to play UTSA. Yep. But it's all the way up to eight and a half. They're plus 600 to win the AAC. Are you buying that hype? Would you go over eight and a half? Like, I loved it at seven. But uh, they're getting some love, man. How do you feel coming into the season? Oh, I, I mean, at that point, it's got to be an under, man. I mean, it is a, it is a soft schedule. And you're, you're exactly right. Like, you laid it out perfectly. It broke beautifully for them in the AAC. Um, but there are still – I mean, the, the, it's just true. Like, there are major questions about Ryan Silverfield. Like, he's a fine coach. Is he a guy that can win nine games, um, even with, you know, a pretty manageable schedule? Um, obviously, Tulane being there. I mean, I, I'm i not betting Memphis to win the AAC with Tulane. I mean, they beat USC last year in the, uh, in the Cotton Bowl. I think they are in great shape to do the same thing um, and, and win the AAC again. But I, I'm with you, like – Eight feels like the right number for them. Eight and four yeah. with that schedule. I can't – I mean, I feel like betting over eight and a half, is, is, it, is, it, even, is it even money, I assume, eight and a half plus 100? Yeah, it's even money now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, eight, I would, I would play with the chance to push, like thinking I'm going to push if I was getting even money on it. But eight and a half, I would probably have to go under there. Because, like, like yeah. you, you, injuries happen, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like a, the quarterback gets hurt, it's a wrap. Like it, the, the quarterback, Seth Hennigan, is far and away their, their best player. So if anything happens to him, then it, it's definitely going under. So I would, I would go under there at eight and a half. All right, he's John Martin, 92.9 ESPN in Memphis. Love having you on, man. Great talking to you. All right, guys. See you guys soon.